Here we go. And it's that time again. Happy Friday, everybody. It's October 9th, which is a Friday. You might be listening to this on a Saturday. I'm sorry if it takes me 24 hours to get this out. Um, but the important thing is that it is once again, nudge coach happy hour on the nudge cast, Matt Gamble. How's it going? Going well, going well. We made, and I guess you're in South Carolina. So you're, you're a road warrior today. I am. That's right. So we may have some special guests on the podcast just indirectly. Um, there's a, a nephew of mine running around this house who may get a scream or two in, um, his name's Marshall. I may tag him on this somehow. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting week. It's been such an interesting week, in fact, that I Googled toddler boarding school. Um, toddler boarding school. Would you just find Just in anything? case that's a thing. That's a business idea for somebody. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> that's, I can only imagine. Um, that's actually one of my favorite parts about this whole working from home thing right now is that I think it's, we're all going through it. And so what we find is at least once a week, there's a great moment where life just happens, whether it's a kid bursting in, whether my cat jumps over my head while I'm on a call, who, who knows what it is, but it's such a real moment. And I think it just, we have to be able to laugh at ourselves. Yep. And the beauty of this is we got it all recorded. We got this on tape. Got on tape. Putting it on wax, as they used to say. <laughs> I didn't know that's what they said. That's true. The people, Mac. The people. The people used, used to, to say, say that. that. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard a rumor that we were going to be talking about today, talking about kind of new client experiences. There was a rumor about it. it that was the rumor. I heard that rumor on Instagram um, not too long ago, and I think it's a good topic. I mean, new client experience, it's, there's not a bigger pitfall, potential pitfall out there for anyone trying to launch a program than not getting the onboarding to new client experience stage of it right so where do you want to start with this because my goodness it's important it's important yeah it was funny because when we were talking about this earlier thinking about you know doing our our quick i guess if you call the instagram the five minute summary which is like the the pre-show to this show i guess our pre-pre-show we were talking about like what came up this week and it just hit me that have a lot of conversations on the implementation side regarding onboarding because that is super super critical I think we have a lot of conversations with people around or a lot of the businesses we work with on kind of their engagement strategy, how they're going to work with their clients moving forward. I think there's a new chapter I want to kind of weave into it, which it's kind of the meat of the sandwich between those two, which is the new client experience. Because I think what happens is that the way in which you're going to first work with somebody in those first two or three weeks, it's such a sensitive period. I think for any business, when you're first signing up a client, um, you know, buyer's remorse is a real thing. You know, I think you also have to like, you have to get expectations set. You have to get people going. There's just things to consider that I feel like require you to take a different approach or at least to be factoring other, other elements within the relationship, excuse me, mm-hmm. versus, you know, just wait, once you have a person or a client that's kind of reached their stride, that's just a different chapter. And I think it's something it's worth kind of taking a step back and really looking into that. Like, what does the first several weeks of an experience really look and feel like? Because I think it is different. Yeah, for sure. So I think just to help people visualize it out there, if you think about a client experience as a race, just imagine the hurdles being really close together 
at the beginning and then they get further and further spread out as you're going along. And you really have to make sure you're careful to have a plan to clear all of those early hurdles in the relationship. Um, the buyer's remorse thing that you said is a really important thing to keep in mind. You're never, I don't care who you are. You're never more touchy than right after you buy anything. <laughs> I mean, you're never yeah. more touchy about it. Um, like you buy a car, you come home, you're all excited the moment you buy it. And then as soon as you get home, you're like, Oh my God, did I buy the right car? Did I just get swindled? All this stuff comes into your head. It's you have to start showing thing. value immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that, that just highlights the importance I think of those early moments in the relationship and things that you can do. So um, I guess let's, let's get into some strategy. Well, I guess, how about this? What mm-hmm. Mac like time frame are you, are you typically looking at when you're thinking about kind of the early client experience you're like right after onboarding to what yeah i think it's the first three weeks yeah and it's i'm i'm that's not a science i know i kind of jumped out of that immediately i would say it's somewhere between two and three weeks though because i feel like what happens usually when we're thinking about kind of coach coaching engagement protocols and implementations we're usually thinking about things and i'd say just from from where i sit what i typically see is most coaching businesses we work with tend to fall into kind of a category where they say, hey, we're like, we're going to deliver one really good personalized message a week, kind of in terms of our protocol for clients, knowing there's going to be other organic conversation that happens. So like if each coach was going to really um, look to deliver one like really strong message a week to a client to make sure that was the bare minimum, you know, that's going to spark some additional conversation. But if you're going to take that concept and look at it or try to we use that or leverage that for the first three weeks of the relationship, to your point, once a person signs up, if you're if they're only getting one message a week, that is just not enough. You, you, I think that hurdles example you mentioned was perfect, where those first several weeks, you're going to have to be more hands-on. You're going to have to deliver more touch points. And your touch points may not even be as much coaching. I think one thing that I think I've seen, and I actually feel like I say this in implementations pretty pretty often, is... It, you really need to focus on the relationship first. I think it's so easy to jump into like data and tracking and all these other things with, with coaching, especially remote coaching. But I tend to find if you focus on the relationship first, great data comes out of it. And so I think the first few weeks, you need to just be communicating with people as you would a friend through tech, like you would in text message it multiple times a week and just be there for them as you're trying to help build this habit of them using something new. Yeah, that's, so good and and making a point i think of making almost a show of the questions being focused around getting to know that person yeah uh, and kind of their goals what they're looking for that kind of thing um you may even sort of already have feel like you have that information um but a never gonna hurt to have them restate that because the way someone explains it a second time is not always the same as like if they're filling out a form what they put in um so there's a lot of like subtle stuff that you can pick up on there. And two, like, you know, we all go through these sort of online experiences and like checking boxes, right? It's kind of, you forget that, you know, there's person on the other end when you're a client, right? You're per- there's person on the other mm-hmm. end of all these things that I'm doing that actually cares about this stuff that I'm putting in. Mm-hmm. It just feels like I'm checking boxes. So when you have a chance to have FaceTime, for example, with someone, or, you know, even just send them a short video or something like that, where you're having a touch point where you're able to to make sure that you're making it clear that you care you're digging deeper 
Um, this isn't just a cookie cutter experience. Um, you know, you're there for them. That's, that's, that's the, I think the most important work of the mm -hmm. early client stage. I, I would actually argue too, if you get into the, I'll say the nitty gritty of coaching too quickly. And I mean, like you're, you're, you know, you're talking about data, you're critiquing and you haven't done enough to humanize the experience on the front end, which I, I think I, I would, I feel comfortable enough saying that we've absolutely seen a correlation with the amount you can humanize an experience on the front end, meaning like you've, you've really built rapport, you've built that connection with someone on the front end. The more you can really focus on that in the first few weeks, the more successful you're going to be engaging a person long-term. There's absolutely a correlation there. We, we, I feel like we see it constantly in the initiatives we've seen previously where we kind of felt like things went off the tracks at some point. It tended to come down to the point where companies maybe tried to do things that were too scalable too quickly and kind of shortcut that part. And I think where you can absolutely unlock efficiencies over time, the front end, I still very much believe the more you put in, the more you're going to get out. And so that's just the area that's so sensitive to the relationship that I just feel like the first three weeks, you need to be laser focused on it. Yep. Absolutely. So, all right. What are some other ways we can think about this? What are the things can we sprinkle in along the way that are going to be really important to, or helpful potentially in really fulfilling or hitting, hitting the mark on kind of that early stage? I think it, well, this is kind of coming back to what we discussed last week with kind of coaching frameworks and even what we discussed weeks earlier regarding automation. I think this part of it's just an area that really you could put together a nice framework for. And when you think about automation, even if you're putting together very personalized programs, I still feel like in the first three weeks, I would look to really try to standardize as much as I could within that experience because it is so delicate. So like I would want to know, if I was onboarding a client right now, I want immediately to have a touch point with them of, hey, was really enjoyed our session. Like here are the, some of the things we talked about maybe. And, and there's some things like you could put together a framework like you would an email sequence almost of maybe, you know, you want to deliver rather, you know, maybe in programming, you're typically delivering one touch point a week or two. Maybe this is, you know, hey, look, in the first two weeks, I'm going to go to maybe it's four touch points in the first week, three in the second week. And I would actually start to try to write those out of, hey, look, day one, what is this person thinking? What are they feeling? What are they experiencing? Hey, you know, you need to get your getting started material to them. You know, you want to say, hey, I'm excited to get going with you. That message, I don't care how personalized your, your programming is, that message from client one to client two is going to be pretty darn similar. So <laughs> I think that's where like, when I say automation and frameworks, I think that can start with even one or two touch points but I would be very, very meticulous with those first handful of touch points. And like I said, the getting started message, maybe a message day two or day three, that's just saying, Hey, you know, maybe you're just touching base to see if they had any questions following your first conversation. Cause I'm sure most people do as they're kind of debriefing on the first call you have with them. Mm -hmm. and I just think if you sit down and really think about it, those first two weeks, you can build that framework and that structure that's going to protect, I think, is like I said, as fragile as that period is, I think it's going to be really important to kind of protect that new client experience. Yeah. I think, I think one of the most important things and potentially it's, it's not even an area where you're ready for automation uh, necessarily, but what may be the most important is that it's to some extent scripted out, yeah, uh, planned out and scripted out as in, you know, around day X, you want to have this or initiate this 
conversation or ask this question, you know, around day seven, this one and so mm-hmm. on um, and have those kind of pre-scripted. So you're hitting the right um, kind of flag posts along the way. Um, you know, if you, if you go too far too early to, to max point a couple times there with, you know, trying to automate it out from the get go uh, you might run into some pitfalls there just because people are unique and they're going to experience those early stages a little bit different, differently potentially. Um, but you have to learn that through going through it a couple times before typically you would want to or feel anywhere near confident enough to automate that in my opinion um so i think that's a that's a way to think about it is is kind of drawing that line saying day x i want you know scripted message with uh you know little things i might tweak here and there Mm -hmm. to it depending on who i'm talking to and stuff like that you just touched something really important i I would actually work backwards from the milestones and i think that's where if you uh, kind of take a step back and say you're doing a 12-week program and you said, hey, look, this is where the specific milestones typically of my coaching program fall. And some of these milestones may just simply be the, hey, look, this is the getting started moment. This is the, um, you know, wrapping up, you're wrapping up their first program. So maybe that's like a week's 11, 12 or whatnot. Though, if you, if you can really take a step back and identify programs, and I see this sometimes within fitness businesses or those that are brick and mortar, maybe there's a retesting day or a reassessment day. So that would be a milestone. I think if you start with those milestones and then you take a step back and you look to see where those milestones are, it should be pretty obvious of some of the touch points that would kind of weave in across those milestones. You know, maybe like if you had a reassessment coming up um, in a, in a week from now or retesting, you'd probably want to schedule some type of message or, or touch point to kind of keep the person motivated to kind of, you know, really push it over the next week in preparation for getting retested or that reassessment. And that's just a, just an example, but that's just showing you if you have the assessments, you can work backwards and actually identify, I think some of the communication touch points that would accompany them, not everything. And, and we're definitely not saying throw everything into a cookie cutter. I just think there's, there's ways to unlock efficiencies that I think sometimes people overlook because they're so hesitant to create a robotic experience. Yeah. Yeah. You need to have a plan. You don't necessarily need to say the exact same thing to every, every client. Yeah. I think that's kind of where the, the line falls. Um, all right. So let me, let me paint a hypothetical for you. What if, or how about this first, what would be too much for the first two weeks? Is there too much for the first well, two weeks? Yeah. I think we, and we touch on this sometimes. I think the two biggest pitfalls we see with coaches getting into the remote business or the remote or remote model is they either pepper their clients with messages or they send incredibly lengthy messages, which are yep. just daunting for people to read and respond to. And I think if, um, I think that's where that foundation of that framework can actually protect you from doing that, where you're not peppering these people with messages. I think, the second pitfall, which is more of just length, is something that's just, you know, if you have a bit of a plan and strategy, and maybe it comes with experience too, that um, I just know we remember that experience we had years ago where that one um, really, really qualified coach was using our system and sent us a message. I remember weeks after they started using it, it was like, hey, I'm having a hard time getting my clients engaged. And, you know, this is our nudge was early at that point. So we were like, oh God, system's probably not working. What are we going to do? But what we found when we jumped in that person's thread is that they actually were sending these thousand word messages to each one of their clients. And for them, they were so used to engaging with people in a certain way that I think it was something that it was kind of a, um, it was, 
little uncertainty and really how to, how to do it. And maybe that was kind of, so they were falling back onto something they knew, which was kind of, I think, really overwhelming a client with information. And mm-hmm. so we've all been there. You open your email and you have this thousand word message in front of you. Like, I'll, I'll get to it later. It's the same <laughs> thing for a client, you know, send, what we see time and time again is stick to the rule of a tweet, right? Yeah. Several sentences, make sure you end it with a question keep it engaging, make it something easy for a client to respond to. Yes, no questions, one sentence responses. If you're, if you're doing something that's going to require a client to send you four paragraphs, I would, I would maybe question what you're about to send them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you have to earn every bit of reciprocity you're going to get out of a client. Right. And so if you think about that and the, the, it's a sliding scale too, like what would you have to provide them in order to, sort of be worthy of a four paragraph response. And it, it'd have to be something I think pretty personal mm-hmm. and, you know, promising a pretty, pretty big immediate reward for that afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. What um, are they getting know, out of it for sure? Yeah. yeah I mean, exactly. are you, you, well, that gets to the other important pieces we're thinking about kind of the getting started experience. Cause we see, a, I, I mean, we see a lot of coaching businesses that have their clients tracking something. Like, I don't care what kind of coach you are. You're, you probably have a client tracking something. They're accountable for something. Um, just like any business, there's a key performance indicator of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the risks we sometimes see with kind of this data mindset sometimes, especially if you get in too soon, is if you're asking a client for something and and it's, it's tracking, even if it's just one metric, one data point, whether it's their steps, whether it's the number of calls they made or pages to read, I don't care what it is. You better be incorporating that into your coaching because I think what sometimes happens is we see people get so excited about the idea of data that they start having clients track, you know, maybe a handful of different items. I mean, sometimes even more than that. And what happens is if you aren't referencing that information in the coaching relationship, you know, it's kind of like when you had a teacher in school that you knew wasn't checking homework, people stopped doing the homework. I mean, it's, it's a very simple concept and we have to touch on this in a lot of implementations. Cause I think it's something that a lot of people overlook. Yeah. And so that gets me to something I was about to ask you is if, you know, is it appropriate to feel like you're asking uh, a client to do some kind of homework in this stage or is the, is the relationship till, still too fresh? And God, I think- I, that is a great question. I would actually argue that once you have, you know, you probably have a person filling out an assessment on the front end. Mm-hmm. I think you ask a really good question that I would maybe argue in this case, don't require any real manual entry in the first week or two and really think about the relationship first. And I know we've seen before, you know, like Dr. Steve, I think was great at doing this where he would just have a person sync up mobile health data and he would say, hey, I don't want you really worried about tracking anything right now. I just wanted to get a general benchmark of how you're doing kind of in terms of activity. And he was just using that kind of passively track data. But he was having some just back and forth communication with him just to get them kind of used to the system and communicating with him in that way through that channel. And I think that's something that should be considered in more programs because I think we're all so data focused. I think we have such a data centric society at this point that it's just hey, we have to start generating data and we have to start generating it immediately when it's like, well, you know, we already have the benchmark. Why does, why do we have to collect data in day one or day two or day three? Why can't it, why can't we like hold that off until we get to day 14 or day 21? And it's a question I would ask because it, any work you're requiring from a client, that's just giving them one more 
it's one more task and eventually you are going to burn a person out. So you got to kind of be, I don't know, it's a little bit of a delicate experience. Yeah. So that's an interesting point too. So I think that on the sort of health and wellness side of the experience, like if you're, if you're doing health and fitness coaching, something along those lines, um, it is easy to sort of get a benchmark in an automated way. Um, if someone's like syncing up, uh, Apple health or something like that, getting steps in, um, different types of coaching, you might feel like that's a more complicated thing, but also think about what we've been saying when it comes to the, the relationship building aspect of this, you know, there's one thing where you could look at it as, Oh, it's the client's responsibility to be building up data for me so I can help them right now. But before you get to that, why not kind of focus your thoughts on, Hey, the first couple of weeks is it's my job to build up as much trust as I possibly yeah. can. And then I can ask them to build up data for me in, in response to that. But let's focus on, you know, asking deep questions and follow-up conversations and stuff like that over the first couple of weeks where I don't, you know, if I'm in a business coach or something, I just need to make sure I have a, a series of kind of really good, good questions where I can understand what's going on in that person's situation much better so that they know that I fully understand where they are and I'm hearing them and understanding mm -hmm. them. Cause that's the most comforting part to a new client and a new experience is that they feel like they're being heard and understood before they're starting to be asked to do a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Cause if, if you only know a person's, you know, the, the issue that brought them to you to begin with, that's all you know, and you don't know anything else about them or really what makes them tick. It's going to be tough to really motivate them. And I think that's where it's, I think there's a lot of thought that goes into kind of the, the initial kind of the, the immediate and, and immediate before and immediately after that, that kind of period around the, the initial consult that maybe occurs. But then I feel like there is this kind of awkward kind of, several weeks afterwards where you're first getting a person going, especially in a remote experience that really should be, I think, analyzed. And I think more, more coaches should really look at that because I think it is a delicate period. And I still hear all the time. I think and everyone's dealt with this. Sometimes you kind of get ghosted by clients after maybe a month, you find out they're really maybe weren't as motivated as you thought they were. And I think a lot of that can maybe been, be kind of sift out in the first few weeks with more of this initial framework as we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think this is great. This is really important stuff. So I wonder if there, what do you think about any signals to be looking out for to suggest that either one, a client's ready for the next stage, ready to kind of exit yeah. out and start doing stuff for me. They're ready for that. Yeah. Or this client's in trouble. Like we need to keep them in this relationship building phase a little bit longer. Yeah, that's a great question because I know, you know, engagement means something different in every business we've worked, you know, we work within. And I think, you know, the easy answer to that is going to be, well, there's probably two, right? And it probably just depends on the type of business and type of coach. But I'd say there's, because I think engagement usually is either tied to data collection, which as we're arguing, maybe shouldn't be the primary focus in the first few weeks. So maybe in this period, that's it's less important and say moving forward if you have someone tracking something and you just feel like that's kind of waning, that's clearly going to be a signal. But in the first several weeks, I really feel like it's more of like responsiveness. And I, I think about it more like, I mean, just taking a step back and thinking like if you were texting a friend and your friend's not texting you back, I mean, that's, it's kind of the writing on the wall. And I think there's more, if, I think more to be, kind of explored there, but I think that's where just responsiveness is maybe one of the main things. Or if 
if you're providing more kind of education and doing nurturing on the front end, I think if you're able to measure things like open rates, if we're using email or whatever you're using to distribute content, I think you can still have a person who's highly, highly, highly engaged, who's maybe just not, not as um, communicative. So they're just not going to be somebody who's, you know, they're not necessarily talkers. They're not the social butterfly, but they still are getting a lot from your content. So I think I would, I would look more at, are they consuming the educational content to kind of get to that aha moment or their level of responsive responsiveness would be kind of the two I would look at maybe. Yeah. Uh, that's really good. Um, so, all right, what else, what else can we hit on here? So we've got the first couple of weeks here, kind of post onboarding, getting them into the program, got this window to focus on. Um, you were talking about systems a little bit earlier, and I think this yeah. weaves into the two, because like when we talk about onboarding, you know, I think we're generally talking about like onboarding onto like a coaching system, like, like a nudge. But I think there's also two of, you know, the idea that maybe you don't have to onboard a person onto everything all at once. So like, for instance, I know you were talking about Calendly earlier. I definitely see in some scenarios where if we know, for instance, there's not enough time in the first real coaching session to, to handle onboarding onto the coaching platform, like a nudge, what they'll maybe do is just get a person up and running on, you know, use using Calendly to book calls or using maybe zoom and how to, how to get up and running on a zoom call with the, with the coach. And then maybe they don't worry about the system like a nudge until that second session. So I think there's even systems weave into that initial experience where you don't want to overwhelm anybody. So I think just like you would kind of map out when you're going to be delivering touch points, I think map out when you're also getting people up and running on different systems. No, I think that's a great point. And so we could start with, for example, you could see, Hey buddy, how you doing? Oh, nice. Is this that <laughs> interruption you mentioned? I knew it was coming. Is that an is that a nephew yeah. who saw yep, somebody? That's, that's Marshall. Debut performance. Debut uh, performance. How old's Marshall? Just, he just ran away. I don't know. He's, oh, okay. He's a toddler. Wait, is that the second? Uh, I think that's the second appearance Marshall's made over the past twenty four hours. Yeah, he made some noise on the Kathleen Legris episode. Um, we'll Man, see. he's he's two two guest appearances in the same week. Yeah. There you go. We'll see what the microphone picked up. I'm going to be really, really curious to see how that goes. I thought I heard a high or a buy on one of them. I yeah, don't, you heard I don't a lot of high. He, he, yeah. he likes to come up to the to the door and wave at me and say, hi, Phil. Hi, hi Phil. <laughs> uh, the beauties of working at home. The cat, I don't, so I had our cat screaming in the background a minute ago. I don't know if the podcast mic protects us from that, but. There is a creature lurking somewhere around my house at this point. Yeah, I think the best thing about your uh, your Zoom background is just that the cat is somehow invisible. Somehow invisible. That's, like that's new, true. Just I everyone the out Zoom. there, imagine that there's a cat literally bouncing off the walls. Lurking that. around. The, the best, I think, I've, and I'll share this now with people just because it's after the fact and I've recovered, is I was on an implementation call probably three months ago at this point, and I have a massive cat tower next to me. That's part of the reason I have a Zoom background so people can't see that. And the cat was up here and actually got sick right next to me. And I didn't know this, this group as well yet. So I still had 20 or 30 minutes left in this implementation call. So I just had to kind of suck it up and keep doing it as I had, you know, cat getting sick next to me. So yep. virtual backgrounds, can't say enough about them. Though. <laughs> can't say enough. 
I'm not sure that was in the uh, in the plan when they rolled out virtual backgrounds, but man, it's, it's got Coming a lot handy. of value. Got a Coming lot of value handy. for sure. But no, I mean, I think though too. To oh, that was I think you got a little songbird songbird in the background too. That's right. Um, but what you're saying that I think you know we've touched about messaging, we've talked about um, talked about systems. I think anything that is that is woven or is a core element of your actual coaching program i think should be evaluated significantly within those first three weeks to figure out when is the appropriate time to introduce it how is the right you know what how you know what's the best way to articulate it weave it in and be very very methodical about it to make sure you're you're keeping a very logical gradual approach to getting a person started because if you throw too much of them too quickly much like we see in tracking you're, you're more prone to really turn a person off. So I think as much as you can kind of standardize and create that framework, knowing that there will be some flexibility, some personalization to it, of course, that will just help make sure you're delivering things at the right time and you're not doing something that's going to maybe derail your success. Yeah. I think the way we like to talk about personalizing things makes it hard to, to present rules a lot of times, but let me just suggest maybe this this one that I'll start with because we don't like to overstep because every program is different. But um, if you are onboarding people onto systems like we were talking about earlier, um, I would just suggest we go one system at a time. I, I would never have a touch point where I'm like, I need you to do like get on A, B, and C. And just imagine someone trying to figure out all those new things, even if they seem completely simple to you. They're figuring out three different things after one ask from you. Um, it's just very, very likely that mm -hmm. one of those is a bridge too far. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where I tend to find in a lot of cases, like especially with what we do in like coaching platforms, you know, we get excited about it. Coaches get excited about it. But I, I usually tend to find like I have to catch, have to like kind of halt the show during an implementation. Be like, just remember clients aren't going to be as super jacked about using technologies. Maybe you or I are, it's one of those things we really have to, you know, kind of one step at a time, just slow, steady, kind of get them up and running, really make sure we articulate it right. We frame it right. Um, this is part of the reason we're doing a full module on this during the mastermind, which we have, we teased it during the Instagram. We have to also tease it here, Phil. So we've got a big webinar coming up this week. That's right. Tell us about it. Yeah, let's, let's, so let's, let's transit. We're going to, we're going to do a hard sell here. So, all right, on Tuesday, that's going to be probably about two days, three days after, after yeah, what's you. What's the date? Is that the 11th? What's October what? 13th? Oh God. 13th, October yeah. 13th, Tuesday, October 13th. That's Eastern time US. Um, we are putting on a webinar 11, 11 a.m. Eastern time US. Um, if you're on our emailing list at uh, nudgecoach.com, then you probably have already gotten reached out to about this. If you're not, you can go create a free account at nudgecoach.com and you will then th from that point forward then get be on the email. our emailing list. There you go. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So we're, we're, we're doing this webinar. It's focused on really a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about lately on the show. So, you know, um, how to, how to prepare your program and, and, and plan out your program. And especially we're starting to get into with the consideration of automation and sequencing. Um, 
and what that can bring to it. And part of the reason we're getting to that in a lot of our content is because we may or may not have a significant platform update coming in the not too distant future um, that we are preparing our audience for, our, our coaches who are already using our platform, organizations that are already using our platform. Um, and also, honestly, um, I, I hope this doesn't come off too smug. I want to prepare everyone out there for this because I think it's a really important change that's happening in general, just in terms of a sort of new way to um, deliver content in a programmatic fashion for coaches or anyone really who's in a business that's teaching anything to people. Mm -hmm. Because for example, just as a quick example, um, online courses are incredibly valuable and it's, and it's been a very good way to deliver content, right? You know, like I, okay, I'm an expert on this. I'll create an online course. People sign in, they watch a video. They may or may not watch the next video. They may or may not watch the next, next video. There's nothing dynamic in that experience at all. And you're not really there. And, and people are, you can kind of feel it when you're going through an online course. Um, we're building something a little bit different than that. Um, a, a program experience that's delivered in app and within an app that you're also available through for one-to-one engagement that group coaching is always available mm-hmm. to also available to within groups. So imagine creating a really dynamic experience where you're guiding someone through the whole thing um, and how high value that can be. Now, I just threw a lot at you. Yeah. Uh, um, but, you know, just, just think about if all that were, were easy to accomplish, then we'd really be onto something. So that's really the test on our team right now is to make sure we deliver on something that's easy to so do. So you're saying there may be an elegant mobile experience coming. That's elegant. I certainly hope it is, Mac. How do you gotcha. feel about it? <laughs> well, we're going to have to. I'm on the edge of my seat. So we're going to have to uh, we'll, we'll have to check out the webinar on Tuesday. And, uh, That's right. Um, so we're going to make sure to you. No, you get it. All you. All you. I was, I was just going to say um, on Tuesday, we are just going to tease it. I'm not going to show you the whole thing um, because, you know, there are nuts and bolts that are going to be ironed out over the next, you know, month or two. Uh, but you know, that will be the first look at it. We'd love to talk through the concept with a lot of you guys. So I would be really interested for everyone to, to check that out. Um, but it's also going to come within the framework of a, a webinar on Tuesday where we're walking through kind of some ideas mm-hmm. around how to structure and plan your program up front, um, which is just really important work, no matter how you're delivering it. Gotcha. Um, so That's trying awesome. to deliver some value too, and not just brag about the system we are, may or may not be building. <laughs> Well, the key is that any system update we make is generally based on great feedback from our partners. So I appreciate everyone who has provided it and some more vocal than others and all the vocal ones. We certainly appreciate it. Anyone who hasn't, please on our calls, make sure you uh, share your thoughts and feedback with us. Love to keep kind of keep the experience evolving and making sure we're providing providing a lot of value. Um, So yeah, and make sure too, we'll keep touching on, remember if you haven't checked out one of our Instagram lives, those are typically Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern time where we kind of do five minute summary about what we're going to touch on these sessions. Um, I think Phil, you're usually on the nudge coach Instagram account. I'm usually on my personal, which is just Mac M a C underscore Gambill J M B I L L. No one would have figured that out, but that's how you spell it. Um, so yeah, I appreciate it. And we'll be touching on the, both the new functionality as well as the masterminds probably over the next few of those I'd imagine. That's right. So yeah, next week you'll be hearing about, 
when you can enroll in the mastermind that we're running here in the coming weeks. Um, two weeks of, of solid content for you guys. I think nine sessions, six experts, a whole lot of value. It's going to be really awesome. Uh, we got a lot of good friends of ours joining us from uh, the Jay Shetty coaching team to Sarah to Bundelicious and Blueberry Connect and um, Drip Scripts team is going to make an appearance along the way there. Got awesome. a lot coming, guys. That's great. Well, yep. I don't know who I had to beat up to somehow get a speaking role in, in that, but I'm, I'm certainly honored to at least give one talk. <laughs> Mac will be ever present, hopefully. Make, make an appearance, but uh, well, this is awesome. Well, I think we touched on it. New client experiences, treat them delicately. First few weeks, do what you can, create that structure, but I appreciate y'all being here. We'll see you again next week, guys. Take care.